You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos. I hate calling myself that. And underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Hello and welcome to the Blacklight Media Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bacon, with my co-host, Chris Santos of Chopped. Uh, this is a podcast presented by Blacklight Media, a Metal Blade subsidiary. And today we have a very dear friend of ours, Blacklight Media recording artist, Gaff of Gozu. How are you, Gaff? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me on. I'm the host. You're the co-host, buddy. Get it right. I mean... (laughs) Jeez. I also do better intros than you, but we'll work on it. You know, know, some of us are... If I can't practice doing the intro, then it's going to be harder for me. Okay, this is like, if you were like, oh, God, I'm a better cook than you. It's like, yeah, because I cook like one thing a day, and it's for my low standards. Yes, yes. Um, okay. Anyway. All jokes at, at Matt's expense aside, um, we're thrilled to have you back, Gaff. I, is this your second or third appearance? My second appearance. Okay, so this is episode 65, and you are now tied with uh, Vaughn Lewis and Blasco from Ozzy and Brian Slagle, I think, for most appearances. People out there cannot see you, but man, is, is this a pandemic beard? Have you just not shaved since COVID spread its wings? Um, no, I, you know, it, it, it's been long, but I just decided to let it, to let it flourish. Yeah. Flourish is the right word. When you're done with it, cut it off, send it to me. I'll put it on my head. Okay. All right. All right, Matt, take it away. It's your show today, buddy. <laughs> you're the host after all. Okay. So a lot of pressure here. Here we go. You just sent over, I think we talked about it. It's our label. Fuck it. We can talk about it. You just sent over the new record. We did. Talk to me about that. That's been a long time coming. You have a new drummer. There's been a lot of studio updates going back over basically years at this point, I think. Yeah. Talk to me. What's going on? We recorded at uh, Wild Arctic with Dean Baltalonis again. And uh, it's the first with uh, with Seth, our new drummer, who actually, man, he brought in. <clears throat> He's an amazing player. Kid's an amazing musician, but even a nicer guy, you know, to be really honest. He brought in such like a youthful vibe that everything just clicked. I mean, you know, we got him. We recorded in, in you know, Christ, what was it? Five months after the guys in the band, you know, we recorded, uh, you know, 10 songs. 
it was probably I want to say the easiest album we recorded. Uh, to be very honest with you, it uh, it was one of those things where, you know, once we, you know, so we had the blueprints for the songs because Doug and I had been writing, you know, so COVID hit and I just would write, he would write, you know, we we would send it on our phones and send everyone, and then uh, you know, it was really just what you know, which ones did we want to record, which ones not. And so once we got in there, everything just kind of clicked. He, he did his drums in a day and a half. We went in, set up his drums. The kid did four, and then we did five. Excuse me, Christ, he did five and five. That's insane. And then, uh, you know, we were able to start guitars. I did, you know, the vocals in three days. I did my guitars in a day. Uh, Joe did his bass in a day. And then it, it's, I think, I think each song, it's like, I think there's 12 guitars on each song. 12 or 13 guitar tracks on each song. We wanted it to, to be heavy, but I, I really wanted um, this time to have really kind of catchy sing-along choruses. I wanted like some different harmonies, some different phrasing, and it kind of all just worked, you know, when I got into sing. So I, I'm like very, very happy with it. Usually I, I kind of like, eh, after we record, but this album is, is one, you know, that I'll be excited, you know, to listen to and you know and, and really to have other people to hear it i'll tell you that the whole label is very excited for real thank you when you sent it to all of us it didn't take more than i don't know 24 hours where before i heard from pretty much everybody that i that i you know deal with on a, on a normal basis for blacklight saying oh my god this new gozer record's so great so great so great so yeah we're really excited to release it but anyway go ahead matt your show <laughs> chris has to like practice restraining himself <laughs> By the way, I, got, I just picked up my mail on the way in, Matt. You'll appreciate this. I have my AARP card here enclosed. Fuck yeah. That's like my dream. Oh, boy. Anyway, I'm going to meet and look at this, AR, this fucking stupid card and let you guys talk. Man, I wish <laughs> I could get an AARP card. Anyway, so what I wanted to ask you is, so yeah, this record feels like, you know, for me, Gozu has always sort of been this like heavy rock band, but the influences you're coming from aren't really as much Caius and sleep like most other bands in the genre, you know, and you're pretty open about being into like D'Angelo, um, which is a pretty unusual influence oh, yeah. for a band in your space. What kind of impact did this record and what do you think made it such an evolution? I think when we were writing, and especially when I was in the studio, I wasn't listening to, to anything heavy at all. I was really, as we were discussing before, a lot of uh, like big star. I, I listened to a ton of Sly and the Family Stone, you know, doing the recording, a lot of Roxy music, you know, a lot of like Nick Drake, to be honest with you. I could hear that. You know, I was listening to the, to the Chris Bell uh, album a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of like 70s, you know, music, a lot of like Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young, especially, you know, like for Neil stuff, like Only Love Will Break Your Heart. I, I just I just wanted stuff that that you know when I was a kid you know I remember like being in my dad's truck and singing along to I, I really wanted something that after you know like a listen you know you could hum you know you could hum to it or it would kind of hit like a listener like right in the chest and I can't write about stuff that I don't know so it has to be stuff that I'm going through you know it, it has it has to be a story um, with all you know true characters in it. So I really wanted this album to be like incredibly honest and kind of simplistic in the way of you don't really have to like go searching for the meaning. I wanted something that was that sounded huge, kind of like like a Phil Spector-ish, like Motown, 
you know, with the layering, but, you know, with like, with like, you know, a Graham Nash kind of, you know, a falsetto backing vibe. I was listening to like a lot of T-Rex. Sure. So I wanted stuff that, that I really get off on to kind of shine through on this album. And I'm hoping it did. <laughs> I think it did. For me, it, it has to groove, you know, if, if there's no groove to it, you know, I'm lost. If there's no one. And if, and if vocally, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, with the band, unfortunately, you know, it loses me right off the bat. So I wanted something that was heavy, but also something that, that grooved. If someone that is, isn't like in the metal heart, they'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. I know people have kind of wanted like, you know, like a heavy Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, or like a heavy Stevie Wonder, you know, so, something in that realm. I listened to a bunch of Jeff Buckley too, you know, while we were doing it. So I think each album that we do, you know, obviously it's Gozu, but, you know, we definitely try to make it different. Like, I, I think it's very different than Equilibrium. You know, I, I think tonality wise, you know, uh, the drumming definitely is. I think my guitar playing, Doug's guitar playing, I think vocally. But I also think it's our third album with Dean. So there's really that comfort level where he can really be like, do that again. Ah, you know, or you know, let's try something different. You know, he, he was he was very vocal in this, like. Uh, you know, especially with tones like, OK, let's try this tone, you know, let's try this cab, let's try this head, let's try this guitar. So let's do this harmony and stuff would start working and be like, OK, well, now let's let's put another one on top or another one below. I think because there's that comfort there, there's that freeness to kind of go out on a limb and try stuff. If it doesn't work, we're like, that, that fucking was terrible. See, people aren't, aren't afraid to kind of voice their opinion. Are you talking about pre-production or are you talking about the actual recording? Because it sounds like you recorded this thing lightning fast. We did. I'm talking about in, in the recording. It was just, yeah, wow. I, I, yeah, like I said, I, I did vocals in three days, like everything. You know, I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I got in there. So I, I wrote five of the tunes. I shit you in five minutes. I wrote all the lyrics. I took like a, I took a day and I wrote the other five. I remember I just, I remember texting Doug like, I just wrote five of these two because I already had all the lyrics and everything already set, but something hit me and I was just like, I, I, I want to rewrite this stuff. You know what I mean? It's weird. Like a lot of times I'll have vocals, you know, like all the lyrics are ripped, but sometimes, you know, something kind of hits me and I literally just toss the shit out and I, and I just w literally was just like, bang, 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 bang. And then I was like, holy shit. I liked it much better. And then the same thing. And then, I was driving there after I had vocals done and then like a chorus hit me. So I went, was just like, get rid of that chorus. Let's do it. And literally like just the first take, Dean and I were like, Poof, and it was done. So it, it was, I, I think, you know, because there, there was that time off for us, it was like, we, we got to get this fucking thing done. So I think everyone brought definitely their A game to this. And once we got in, it just literally each day was like, we did a shit ton of stuff. I mean, there was, there was no like, Days when we were just in there kind of hanging out. Every day was just like, literally, we're doing this today. We're doing this today. We're doing this today. And it just, you know, it, it, it just everything clicked. I mean, we went from A to B to C, not, you know, fucking A to F, back to Z, you know, back to D. So it, it was just one of those things where it clicked. But, but I, I think the reason it did is because Seth in fucking, you know, a day and a half crushed those drums. You know, we were like, all right, <laughs> this kid, you know, we got to bring, you know, bring our game. So he, he he brought such, you know, a really, really like amazing, youthful, you know, vibe. And it's just his whole persona, uh, you know, I think kind of changed the way that goes who kind of looked at things and what we wanted to do and how, you know, we wanted to, to sound. So it was, it was really, it was probably the best studio experience that I've had where it was incredibly wow. positive. You know what I mean? 
I've done a ton of albums. <laughs> so, but it was just, it was, it was easy in that aspect. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think too, you know, because we love the label we're on, we're not, we're not going to put out something that we don't feel is spectacular. You know what I mean? To do that is, is kind of, uh, it's just beneath. So we wanted something that really blew, you know, our other albums out of the water. And I think this one does, to be really honest with you. Have you thank you for the kind words about the label. And we, sure. I think I'm, I, I, I've listened to the record, obviously, a bunch of times, but I haven't listened to it, I think, to the extent where I can say it's the best, you know what I mean? Because I'm such a fan yeah. of the other stuff. Sure. Have you played any of the new stuff live? We have. We played at Lucky 13 when Diana was there and Catherine Terman. Yeah. So we, so we did three songs. We had, we played a benefit for a friend of ours that passed away. And then tomorrow we're playing in Portland, Maine. And tomorrow we'll, we'll do two new songs. So so we're, we're doing new ones, you know, different new ones each time. How's your reception been? The, the reception's been amazing. That's good. That's a, that's a great answer. <laughs> it just, the band sounds tighter, uh, to be honest with you. It grooves like it, like it never has before. It's really, like he, he pummels. But, but he's such a funky, funky, he's like way into like Omar Hakim, you know, things of that. So, you know, it really shines through because uh, like we're all huge soul fans. Like, so I, I think that kind of roots us to, to you know, to where we want to go um, in regards to being heavy. It's definitely drenched in soul. Yeah. With this record, you know, I, I liked what you said about it being sort of like a heavy uh, CV wonder. Right. Because I feel like that's yeah. really accurate to sort of the, the type of songwriting that you're doing here. So do you just think this is sort of the next step for Gozu that this is like from here on out, this is what we're trying to do is heavy Stevie Wonder? I think this album is heavier, especially tonality wise. I think definitely kind of the sing along choruses. For me, that, that I'm just finding that it's it's just more fun to play live. Yeah. Are people already singing along live? No, it's just just because we, we've done different tunes, but we right. can see people had like you you can you know you you can see people getting into it. They're excited when they hear, it. especially like you know when we got to, you know, playing in New York for like Diana and, and Catherine. That was great because those two. I mean, talk about you know a wealth of, of knowledge of music. You know what I mean? So getting their kind of approval was huge. Right. That kind of catapulted us into oh okay, so I guess the shit is all right. You know what I mean? You want feedback. You want to know if it's good, but you also want to know if it's shitty. And that's why I think Ryan and Heidi are so amazing so ryan mastered the album um ryan williams i think having the relationship that you know i do with them it makes it one where you know you'd be like okay well let's you know maybe take that off or, or do this so the relationship is one where i don't think anyone is definitely afraid to hold back so you know it, it's just one of those ones where you don't want to let anyone down you want the people that you really respect and dig you want them to listen to it and be like this is fucking all right. You know what I mean? So, you know, as I get older, it's more in my mind of I'm in a band, but there's so many components to this band, right? There's you, there's Chris, there's people in Blacklight, there is, you know, all the people in Metal Blade. So it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's not a singular thing. It's it's the team. Yeah, you know, it's a family of people that, you know, you, you really want to make your family proud, right? Just like, you know, when my kids hear, I want them to be like, oh, that, that, you know, it's not it's not what they listen to, but but at least they could be like, oh, dad, you know, you sound pretty good. You know, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you know, so, you, you know, you just want you want something really that that people can kind of grasp onto and be like, oh, 
you know, I'm, I'm proud to be, you know, to be a part of that. So, you know, as, as I get older, you know, and, and just through life experiences, you know, I just want something that whoever I'm working with, I want them to be really proud to be a part of, you know, what we're putting out. And that, and that's why it, it's not something that you just do and, you know, you just go in and wing it, right? When you go in, you know, there's a purpose, right? Literally, we, we had, you know, okay, every tune, right? Gaff guitar, Doug guitar, Doug guitar left, you know? Uh, Joe, bass, everything, right? Harmony, 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 guitar solo, guitar solo, pan left, pan. So we did it, you know, very methodical. So everything, you know, w- would come together. And it's one of those things, like, I don't listen to it a ton, but when I do, I get excited. But, you know, the fact that, that you guys all really enjoy it, is, for me, that's that's key. <laughs> you know, it is. Uh, it just makes us, you know, want to be better. Like You always want to be better, but. But you also, you know, you want to have the people that, you know, are behind you. You, you want to make them proud. The better the records you guys make, the more demand there is going to be for tours. Have you thought about that? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that, that's definitely something that we really want to do. So we have the tour coming up in October. But our thought is really, like, once the album drops, we want to be out there doing stuff. Great to get you on festivals next year. Yeah. I mean, not playing music for almost three years was that was brutal. Yeah. Take your existence and be like, okay, you can't do this. Take up, you know, different stuff and, you know, which is good. It's probably healthier for me, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but not playing music, man, especially when that's so rooted in you, it's hard. So I, you know, I don't take anything for granted anymore. You know what I mean? Like if, if I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm going like 100% in because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, you don't know if, so I, I just think that, yeah, if we're going to do it, let's, you know, I want to get involved. Yep. <laughs> That's the easiest way for me to put it, you know? So, yeah. Um, I don't have the track listing in front of me, but you've always, you guys have always been very whimsical with your song title. Can you take us through some of the song titles of this new record? Sure. Yeah. So, so the first song is called Tom Cruise Control. That is, uh, <laughs> uh, we have a song called Clouds. <clears throat> we have a song called Pillow Talk. Uh, we have a song called The Magnificent Morocco, who was a wrestler. Oh, yeah. RP. We have a song called The Handler. She's, we have a song called Ash. Uh, we have a song called No One Loves Ben Gazzara. <laughs> who, who is that? Uh, he was a great. You ever see Roadhouse? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yes. He's the heel in Roadhouse. He's, all, he's, he's also in the movie Happiness. He's a Buffalo 66. Okay, I know who you were talking about now. Yeah. Why do you guys always have to have a wrestler? song title like nature boy and now i just think that growing up that was i mean i, I just turned 50 doug is 52 i'm 51 i'm right there with you I watch that shit every saturday morning arp card it, yeah <laughs> eh, fuck you uh, <laughs> i couldn't wait for saturday morning to watch that wwf yeah it, you grow up with that stuff and now you look back like i still watch those rick flair videos and i still fucking get excited like did you do have you, did you have a, a song, a Superstar Billy Graham song? Am I making that up in my head? We didn't. We will. <laughs> I mean, we've had Tino Santana. We've had, you know, Rick and the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, yeah, we've had, you know, a bunch of different. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where, yeah, you, you have to pay homage to those early Saturday morning, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lovely, uh, you know, the, yeah, I mean, what was like an hour. But then I remember, like, in Watertown, New York, they used to show, uh, you know, all the, uh, what the fuck was it? It was an NWO, not NWO, but whatever Ric Flair was on. And it was always out of Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WCW? Was that what it was? WCW or um, NWA. Yeah. And, you know, it's just watching him and, you know, and, and, like, Arn Anderson, who looked like fucking uh, 
Dom DeLuise, you know, all those guys always had Von Erichs. Oh, they were so good. The discus, you know, punch. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that shit was foolish. But when I was about 10 years old, um, I went to a local show in Rhode Island and uh, it was really fun. It wasn't a huge, like, uh, capacity place. So my, our, our seats were pretty close, but I was only 10. After the show, I met Andre the Giant. If you can imagine oh, wow. being a 10 year old wrestling fan. Looking up at that seven foot four, seven foot five, five hundred pound monster, um, I shook his hand. My entire like my hand and part of my forearm disappeared in his hand. Um, it That's was just awesome. an experience I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I remember meeting like Bob Backlund and, and like oh, yeah. Mike Sharp. Do you watch the new stuff? I don't watch the new stuff. No, fuck. I, I don't. I couldn't even tell you what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize like Ric Flair still wrestled. Although I love Chris Jericho. He's a he's a, he's a friend of mine. Oh yeah, he does yeah. and he. I think he's one of the best characters, you know, out today. But um, but WWF at some point lost me and never got me back. Yeah, Jericho, I think the thing about the guy, he talk about a music historian. Yeah. That dude should be like an actor. He, you know, he he switches. He's, he's very like, he's very eloquent too. Like, you know, he obviously has a wrestling persona. Have we had him on the podcast yet, Matt? No, right? We have not had him on the podcast, no. Oh, I, we, we should, I'll call him this weekend. We should definitely get him on. He's got stories for days too. Oh, that guy, yeah. So, all right, let's get back to you though. Um, when the pandemic was happening and you were growing that, ele- you know, the elegant beard of yours, um, would you yeah. guys get together and play or would you just record stuff and send it to each other? Just send it to each other. Yeah. Because Boston was so shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Like no one was going anywhere. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I was working from home, like, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, literally just I'd come down here right now. I'd plug in and just and just play tunes. And, you know, and I would just send them to Doug and then he would send them back. Then we send them to Joe. And then, yeah. So literally it's just you know, so when we met, you know, we had a shit ton of songs. What was that first live show like after so long of not being able to play? I was great. Where was the first show back? At Lucky 13. Oh, where it all started. We talk about talk about a fitting show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was it was great. I mean, for, for me, that that place holds such high esteem. Um, I mean, Jeff is probably one of the nicest dudes that mm-hmm. you know you could ever meet. It's that that place is is so familiar. I, I think because that's where we, you know we met you and yeah, Tom. You know, so it just. But every time I go in there, I know I'm going to have a fucking amazing. I know I'm going to have a great time. And, and this time, like we literally we we stayed right around the corner. So it was magnificent, shall right. we say. <laughs> As opposed to trying to park the van in that spot when you stayed over at my house one time. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, met, you, you guys did it, though. We did it. Yeah. That was that was an amazing night. I had some quality time with Ben that night from Godor. Holy Christ. <laughs> That's right. I remember. <laughs> I, live, I live in full time in Los Angeles now. So when you guys make it out here on the, on the next tour, um, I've got a driveway for the van. I've got multiple bedrooms now, so okay. be a better experience for you guys. <laughs> yeah. As we head towards the end, what's coming up next for Gozu? So tomorrow we're playing uh, in Portland, Maine with Elder. That show's sold out. And then uh, then we leave to go to Europe on October 12th, and we're there until October 31st. Oh, nice. nice. Are you playing a Halloween show? We're, we're trying to right now. We had one, um, so we're trying to book it. I think we're – so our first show will be Desert Fest, which will be amazing. Then we're going to do like three other fests. Um, so right now we only have, uh, so right now we just have four openings. Um, so so if anyone out there wants to uh, give me a call or send me an email, you want to book us. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's like a Sunday, Monday. So if anyone wants us to roll deep with them, hit me up. Can you play every night or do you need a break for your vocals? I play every night. Yeah. Yeah. I love that shit. Mark's a real one. Taking off time is, I mean, you, you just get in too much trouble. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. The record's not going to come out until early 2023, but I think that's great. I think it positions you for tours. I think it positions you for festivals for sure. Yeah. I'm going to see if we can call in some uh, some some solid asks to try and get you on some of the tours and and get them like like you and I talked about offline earlier this week. Like get this record into bands' hands that we all love yeah. and, um, you know, that we think we'll love you guys back and maybe some magic will happen and somebody will pick you up and yeah. bring you all over the fucking place. Yeah, that would be, that, be the key. Yeah. And then you could come too. I would love to. Matt's not old enough to come. Uh, <laughs> somebody else giving Matt a hard time about his age. I love it. I love it. I'm like finding gray hairs in my beard and shit. I feel like, I feel like at some point I'm going to be like 45, like ancient. <laughs> 45. Uh, better at 50 <laughs> and everyone's still gonna make fun of me yes oh my gosh I, I hope you appreciate i'm glad you appreciated that 45 is an ancient joke yeah. <laughs> i've been sitting on that one all right i think we're done we're done here we're done here we're done here. Yeah. now you know why chris is the host yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great way to take it home um where can people find gozu for those out there who are actually this is their first uh exposure to you literally you could do facebook it's gozu you can go on Instagram, you can go on Bandcap, you can go on Spotify, you can go on uh, fucking iTunes, Amazon, we're, we're all over. All the albums are on. Go through 666 on Instagram. Great. Um, well, say hello to the boys for me and yeah, we'll do. have a great show tomorrow night. And yeah, thank I'm you. Sure we'll talk soon and yeah. I will circulate the record. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for your time, brother. Thank you, everyone, for listening. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.